Welcome to Ethereal Femme or Keeper the Podcast. It's me again, your host, Nimbly, also known as your high femme comforting friend and lurk keeper. I'm really excited for today's episode because this will be the first episode where I have additional graphical stimuli for our listeners so be sure to look at the link that is in the episode description i'll mention it right beforehand where you can find the photos that will accompany today's episode also this is the first episode where i have a fellow gemini with equally excitable energy and we pretty much jumped right into the conversation and i forgot to hit record so it starts a little bit abrupt we are talking about drinks that we're having. We go back and forth. Um, it's it's electric. It's fun. It's exciting. And I'm so honored to be here talking with my dear, dear fae friend, Dukes Lee. Please enjoy the episode. Got my matcha latte <laughs> in honor. Yes. Wow. Indeed. We're twinning. Uh, on brand. Yes. Let's and go. I thought so too. And you know what? <laughs> I, I I brought my strawberry lon lon milk mug for you because I know how much you love I see. I always say Moo Moo. It's Lon Lon Ranch milk. Like I know how much you love Lon Lon Ranch. That's um, so cute. I just saw yeah. it. That's adorable. And, yes. and uh, Dugsley, for those of uh, our listeners that aren't aware, is pink incarnate. Um, wow. Pink was invented for her. And um, every time I see it, I just I think of like the magical fae being that you are. So. Oh my God! Thank you. What yeah. an honor. Yes. Yeah. Pink. It, it cascades out of me, unfortunately, or fortunately. Sometimes yeah. it's good. Sometimes it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, did you did you want to? Um, oh, I forgot to introduce. This, this is what's going to happen. You get two Gemini talking to each other. We're just going to be going off of the wall. So maybe this I should forego the structure that I was trying to have <laughs> and just and just talk openly with you. Um, but yeah, would you like to introduce yourself to oh, everyone sure. here? Yeah, so hi everyone. Hi chat. Hi uh, anyone who's listening in the future as well. My name's Dukesley. Uh Duke Dugertons is my government name. Uh you can, you can call me Dugesley, call me Dukes. Uh, I'm not picky. Uh I hmm, what should I even say? Well, I guess like the the main reason why I'm here today is I love Zelda. I love Nintendo actually just in general. Um and I uh, I'm going to be mostly just <laughs> excuse me, waxing poetic about Majora's Mask, uh, the the greatest story of all time, truly. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to really talk about the astrology of Zelda as a whole, also the astrology of Majora's Mask. And I, I have like a little bit of a tarot blorb to to get out there as well. I'd love to hear your opinions on some tarot cards attached to some characters and mindsets. So I figure we can hold a bit of discussion on that. Um, you brought tarot cards for this. Oh, I. Well, I it's just my my ideas in my head about each of the the cards, like especially the major arcana, right? That are, oh, uh, yeah. Oh shoot, should I get my my deck so we can show? Sure. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting! Yeah, absolutely, yeah. This is uh, a, a yeah. You 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 can go get your deck. It's it's gonna be great. Oh my god, I, I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, I, I kind of brainstormed last, and of course, this has been like a thought in my head for so long. Zelda, I mean, it's the fool's journey. So I also wanted to kind of talk about the mythos behind Zelda, about what the fool's journey means, about why myth is important and why it's relevant. Uh, <laughs> so maybe less so a lore dump, but just more so just like just a, a talk about 
Zelda as a whole and why it's so important and why it rings so true to so many people, right? Yeah. Like, I, 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 I'm excited. This is definitely a um, special interest. <laughs> I, I'm so excited to hear you wax poetic because I can literally listen to you for, I think the longest stream of yours that I listened to was about six or seven hours because I know I was braiding my hair. It was actually the first stream of yours that I watched and I was like, yeah, I could just get so lost in your mind. Like it's, it's just, I love the way that you weave things together and the way that you balance like all of your knowledge of magic with just like your sense of humor like you're always able to keep things light even if you're talking about like some horrible like tower moment for someone and you know uh, you just have that balance but I really just want you to take the floor I'm just I'm here to listen and pull out cards as needed I know that you're you're ready to go well I I I first want to say um my I I want to just like give a shout out to just like Majora's Mask in general like what a pivotal game for me. Um, I think that everyone has like their Zelda game. <laughs> and I think Majora's Mask is mine. It was something, it, it, it was a game that I struggled to get into at first. I, I mean, I was really young when Ocarina of Time came out. One of my core memories, though, is like I was sitting in my little like children's recliner chair. Um, <laughs> and uh, like, like with my walkman listening to all the things she said all the things she said in my in my little earbuds in my little earphones um watching my uncles play ocarina of time and uh like it's i've I've been surrounded by zelda my whole life uh it's such a comfort series for me but majora's mask um became a really important part of my life and my psyche when i was in college i was I was I was very depressed in college. It was it was not an easy time for me. And I at this point I had stopped going to classes. I had stopped just generally participating in life. And all I was doing was really just kind of jumping from video game to video game, not really, you know, just filling up time, filling up energy. And I had brought with me my GameCube, my my Nintendo 64, my SNES, uh and I had the the Master Quest edition of Majora's Mask for GameCube. And I and it was one of those Zelda games that I always wanted to get into, but it's pretty daunting, right? Like I, I feel like what most people say about Majora's Mask is like, oh, it's excellent, but it's hard. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't really want to play a hard game right now. Uh so I but you know, I was rock bottom. I was like, you know what, I'm gonna play this. And I sat down, I started playing Majora's Mask, and then I played it, and then I played it, and then I played it. For 12 hours, I went to sleep thinking about it, dreaming about it. I woke up the next day, played it, played it, played it. I beat the game and then I played it six times over in the span of like two months. Uh, Oh, yeah. Like over and over and over again. I was just in. uh, Ironically, I was in a loop. (laughs) and uh, Just funny knowing Majora's Mask. Uh, And I loved it. I played the first time I played it. I didn't use a walkthrough the next time I did. And then I 100 percented it, you know, so I I tried to switch it up every time and it just blew me away. I can't believe it went under my radar the whole time. And it was also especially fitting because at the time in college, at the classes that I did attend, I was an English major um, focusing on folklore and myth. And I was doing a whole study on Alice in Wonderland and I mean, the tie-ins between Majora's Mask and Wonderland are so the 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 Venn diagram's a circle, right? <laughs> it's yeah, it's just it's just a dot. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a one-to-one -one ratio at some points to Wonderland, this this parallel alternate universe where there's off-kilter versions of all the different personas and, and paper dolls that Link has ran into. And uh, I think I really found, like, a home in Termina uh, in this wacky upside-down world that Link fell into, quite literally. And, um, and I've always preferred, like, those sort of not really mainline stories as all that. I also love like Link's Awakening uh, for that reason too. Just like it's like an alternate story of, of Link deeply deep in a dream exploring uh, another world. I, I love it. Uh, it brings me so much joy. But uh, that that's what Majora's Mask means to me. I think paraphrased. It was a really important part of my my life uh, during a time when a lot of things felt really bleak. It was something I really looked forward to and I could lose myself in. And all the characters are so alive. And it's especially amazing to me. I, me I mentioned this in your chat last night as you were watching um, through the, the movie, which was awesome, by the way. I'd never seen that before. The voice acting is excellent. That was awesome. I didn't know that existed. So good. Shout out to Zelda Universe. Yeah, wow, that was so cool. I never thought about ingesting Zelda storytelling in that way. It was so different and, and necessary. <laughs> um, and I mentioned that like this was a crunch game. They crunched the fuck out of this game. They they brought out Ocarina of Time. It, it, it swept up the world. And in under two years, Majora's Mask was out. And it's like, okay, like... And they still made it so intricately woven and so delicately, like, I mean, luckily they only had three days to work with. So it was kind of easy to sort of zone in and like be able to, uh, I don't know, be more delicate and more more picky with the, the storylines that they choose to tell. But God, what a good game. <laughs> And and it's it's the it's the fairy tale of all time. This this feels like the fairy tale of the Legend of Zelda. Um, and I mean this this is. Uh, what do you mean by that? The, I don't know. It doesn't it feel like a fairy tale? Doesn't it feel like a, an Aesop to you? Uh, no, it definitely does. And um, I think a part of it is just it, it. Everything feels so surreal. Like it even it it goes beyond feeling like a fantasy game. Like it feels mm -hmm. like so disconnected from the fabric of reality and i don't know if, yeah. if that's how you were experiencing it no definitely it, it's um a lot of the rules were thrown out the window right and a lot of expectations of and especially like having this sort of follow-up ocarina of time was so risky because ocarina of time was this big large um hero's journey adventure most zelda games are this is no different but like i mean it, it was painted in this fantasy high fantasy world and this was more like okay like there's twisting corridors and people in masks and and speaking in riddles and uh like i don't know the game just felt different but in a really good way and uh and like a really fresh way <laughs> i mean yeah even the way you start off as deku i was like whoa this god this is wild yeah. Yeah, and so traumatizing. And I think that's, an, and this is uh, my first astrology reference. Maybe this is my, my Saturnian soul sort of coming out loud and proud. But uh, it, it, it's also, I think, one of the saddest of the Zeldas. And that's also why I think I really enjoy it. it it's Link constantly confronting loss. Because think about it. He goes through and, and saves the day. And then he has to turn back time. 
And so he has to harden his heart. He has to keep doing it over and over and over again until it works, until it clicks. And so he'll save these group of people. He'll save the Zoras, and then it's all undone. He'll save Romani, and then it's all undone. Uh, I think there's a lot of grief that's carried throughout Majora's Mask. That's very subtle, <laughs> uh, very delicately handled that I, I don't think maybe the average player will pick up on until you critically think about it. And you're like, wow, he's just a little kid. <laughs> he's and, and a then, baby. Yeah. And, and then you think about the masks, the song of healing. So so essentially what's happening is like they're they're healing the grief, the sorrow, the pain off of these these creatures, off of these these fellow uh, comrades in arms <laughs> and uh, they're being absorbed into a mask so every time Link puts on the mask he's wrought with these nightmares with these fears with these sorrows that these individuals once held um, it's just it's sad to think about but he carries that weight so gracefully despite being so young I mean he's had a lot of experience and a lot of trauma already experienced in, in Ocarina of Time so I guess this isn't um, so out of place for him but it, it's 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 tough to uh, watch such a young hero um, with withhold such emotional pain over and over and over it's it's something that I think about a lot when it comes to Zelda and um, indeed how courageous he is for just being able to sort of waltz through it and and do what he has to do uh, and just sort of wear this this weight upon his back throughout the whole journey and on his face <laughs> and without questioning it really like he it's almost like he has this faith that because well maybe faith isn't the right word but he, he feels very um dutiful to uh and de devoted to helping people and yes. a, a part of me wonders and this is just me self-inserting right but just as, as someone who really cares about being like a healing force in people's life almost doing that more for for outside than for to deal with that for myself and i wonder if um with the way that i understand the time of event, timeline of events at least from ocarina to majora's mask it's shortly after the ending of ocarina and he's leaving uh, the Hyrule that we know maybe to find navi i'm not totally sure on that yes. and yes. processing everything Navi's that he's lost everything that he's dealt with and then being thrown into this and just like all right here let me go be a hero again instead of going yeah. through that instead of resting instead of uh, there, there's i i don't think there's an exact time period i would guess maybe like a year maybe two years tops in between the events of of uh ocarina of time and majora's mask which is definitely not enough time to process and heal from at least in my opinion uh that was a lot of he, he withheld and and beheld a lot of treacherous journeys. <laughs> well, you know, leaving his house for the first time, having to save the world, losing his best friend and, you know, becoming an adult and a child and then fighting the most evil entity in the world and then losing his friend again, you know, just, yeah. just like, you know, just Tuesday stuff. Yeah, just <laughs> a day in the life of Link, and uh, unfortunately. And yeah, I mean, there's, uh, of course, the silent protagonist thing where I think we could also read this as like a stoicness of uh, this is what I'm meant to do, sort of knowing their place and the giant mythos of the hero's journey. Okay, it, the, the story is being written again uh, and understanding his place, but also the weights that carry. And um, it's 
also subtle. It's also subtly woven through these uh, earlier games that I oh, so deeply appreciate. And it feels so open ended. But like, I think that there's a lot of and even even, you know, throughout the whole story, too, like there's there's adults, not so much in Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask is the upside down. But like um, I, there's definitely been moments throughout Link's Journey where it's like, God, you're just a little kid. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? People kind of like resonating with Link, with Link and being like, you're really doing this this young? I mean, so be it, I guess. Like, someone's got to do it. Well, you see that with the soldier, right? That uh, tries yeah. to stop you from leaving in Majora's Mask. That, that really stuck with me. Just like, mm-hmm. they seem to be the only yeah. character that's like cognizant of what's going on. Just like, hey, oh, you have a sword. You're good to go. All right, later, kid. <laughs> Who knew that only a sword was enough to prove your worth out in, in Termina Field? But uh, <laughs> luckily it's Link. Yeah. Uh, the, the most trustworthy kid maybe ever. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like, God, Link's such a good good protagonist and, and so easy to root for because of all of the, all that they, they, they take everything, you know, they, they take it all like a champ and, and, um, finally, also in, in Breath of the Wild, I think we started to look into the, the inner world of Link of like, man, this is a lot to carry. <laughs> so I'm glad that they're expanding on that, too, um, more forwardly. Uh, I love it. Sorry. OK, so but I, I guess hmm, where should we start? Do you, do you want to talk astrology? I, I want to let you go wherever you'd like. I did have a question when you had mentioned oh, yeah. the Song of Healing. Um, we don't need to talk about this now, but I really am curious what, um, and it's partially um, because it's playing right now in my ears, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you mentioned something about the um, Link wearing the masks and my understanding with Majora's mask is that uh, and the way that those spirits are contained is that it's only through Link helping those sort of restless spirits tackle through their unfinished business and using the song of healing to free them. Um, that's just kind of like a, if we can talk about that at, at some point, uh, but I'd love to get into the astrology first. No, no. I, let, let, oh, okay. Well, I, I'm down to talk about that right now because that's very Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that, yeah, it, it's to me, and I'm not sure if this is ever actually like um, distinctly discussed throughout the story or not, um, but like, I think it's very akin to the... Uh, very common trope that's in a lot of storytelling wherein the 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 ghost can't move on until they solve their problem until they release themselves of their uh grief or their sadness or just whatever heavy feeling is beguiling them and i think that in this case what happens is that link plays the song of healing for this tortured soul and all of that trauma and and hurt and and heaviness is absorbed into the mask. So all the masks that Link is creating and therefore putting on and wearing is, at least for the Song of Healing's ones, um, are plagued by the weight that they cannot carry into the afterlife, the the, the weight that's been keeping them anchored down into this this plane. So because he heals because he taps in and and chooses to uh, 
like save them, right? Uh, and and free them of this weight. He then carries the weight himself. Uh, once again, he's just a little kid. He's just a little guy, and <laughs> it's it's heavy. Uh, and and I don't know. It's food for thought. I think at the very least, if that's not confirmed, but it it. But also, it, it, there's also, of course, the purity of child, where, wherein it's like, who better than a child that's untouched by the horrors of... But he hasn't. He's, he's very much lived the horrors <laughs> of, of a, a world gone mad, um, taken over by war, by uh, villainy, by antagonism. Right. So once again, Link is in the it's funny because he's a warrior, but he's also a healer. Yeah. Uh, sort of playing. He's he's um, dual spec'd. Uh, so dual class, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the cleric warrior. Yeah, uh, that that is Link. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that. And, and, and yeah, Majora's Mask is just so on the nose when it comes to. The, the discussions on healing oneself and, and releasing the weight and uh, I mean and, and and it's very admirable that young Link is the one that will carry it for the greater good because you know he's going to save the world that's what he does it's what he does best yeah and you said something that stuck out to me about him experiencing kind of Maybe you didn't say this exactly, but the horrors and the darkness of the world and still choosing to be an active part of its healing and recovery. And it reminded me, and I don't remember how explicitly this is mentioned in Ocarina of Time, but um, we do learn that Link's mother leaves him with the Deku tree. We do like a war, right? Like it, yeah. And yeah. so it's like even before he is like a fully formed like child, you know, and, and where he can walk around and, um, you know, be a hero in Ocarina, um, he's already sort of experienced this loss. And um, it a part of me wonders if he chose to have and he's seen as an outcast uh, in the Kokiri village and if he saw that his purpose was just to serve in, in that way. And, and yeah. a part of me, I, I don't know what your feelings are about Zelda. I, I'm going to say something that's a little bit harsh about her. I have a lot of compassion towards her, but it was why I disliked her a lot in breath of the wild. And mm. it's because she's tough to watch in breath of the wild. She's feel to that. tough to watch, especially as someone, like I said, I'm self inserting myself into link and just being like, all right, I'm just, this is what I'm doing. What I gotta do. It's okay. And, um, she's almost, they're both. And we're going to, we're going to stay focused on Majora's mask, but I just want to mention this point of, um, they're both struggling with, uh, their purpose and like the duties that are greater than them just being allowed to be children. Cause they have to save the world. And um, mm -hmm. I like how that converges, uh, later in the series but anyway yeah no yeah no i hear you yeah <laughs> i uh yeah link was born a fighter surely uh and and i think that this sort of goes along with the whole mythos of the hero's journey which of course has just been a tale as old as time right one of the oldest stories ever told over and over and over again in our folklore and zelda's folklore forever because we 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 see the 
it's it's a little bit of chosen one as well, which I think Ganon carries as well. There's a bit of chosen one energy to Ganon as well. And Zelda, I mean, there's a Triforce. Uh, they all all of them together, one can't survive without the other, right? Uh, they they all have to work in tandem. It's very Kingdom Hearts, the light and the dark, right? It it, it just has to happen. Uh, and um, I, I think that because. Link, it has to be the subtle knowing, right? Where Link just knows that this is the path. He knows he's different. He knows he's he's built differently. And he's, uh, there's, and and I think that each of them also have that sort of deep set wisdom, right? Because I think even though each of them sort of embody a different part of the Triforce, once again, there's there's a little bit snaked throughout each of them. (laughs) And I think that the wisdom, um, the wiseness beyond their years, it it, it has to ring true deep down, deep in the soul for each one of them, knowing that they have a bigger role to play. Um, Ganon's is a little bit more on the nose because he was born as the only uh, male Gerudo. Uh, and so <laughs> the chosen one is is a little bit more forward for him. And unfortunately, I think that leads to ego, to power, etc. Um, and it's also interesting because Ganon doesn't even show up in Majora's Mask, right? So it's and, and that's kind of why I like it, too, because it's just sort of Link is elsewhere. <laughs> Link has but yet has another mission to carry out because He's the stoic warrior. That's that's who he is. This is who they are at their core. Like R, like capital A, you know? Like Regardless of where he is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like and and yeah. It, it's it's a lot. I, I think that um Link and all of their many reincarnations and the way that they go through life, it's uh a lot of weight to carry. And I think that Majora's Mask creates some of the biggest weights of all, physically, in fact, in a physical form. It's it's quite interesting. Uh, and just the, the atmosphere is excellent. Um, the storytelling, the pacing is phenomenal. You're trickled into this world of, of interwoven lives, the small town feeling um, on the brink of, of calamity and on the brink of disaster. The moon coming an inching closer and closer that your stomach churning each and every day. Oh my god. The moon. <laughs> why? Why are they getting closer? Uh, and it, it's watching this town also sort of come together, giving this humanity to these townspeople that I think is so awesome. Uh, Because one of my favorite parts, especially going through like Breath of the Wild and any of the other, I I talk to all the NPCs and I'm sure you do too. Uh, You want to get a glimpse and you want to, and I think that Majora's Mask has one of the strongest side character casts of the entire series. Everyone has such rich lives. Schedules! It's awesome! You know that you're gonna see so-and-so walking down that street at 3 p.m. It's phenomenal. It was ahead of its time. Uh, And like I said, the word I always use is intricate. Everything was so dutifully placed in the world of Termina. Uh, It was so carefully curated. Uh, (laughs) And uh, and it's so special. It's such a special space for the Zelda world. It's so interesting, too, because when I think Termina, I think Terminate, like this is the end, but it's something that it's it's like a cycle that you're caught in and and almost like Groundhog Day, um, if you're familiar with that movie. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. And then when I think about time, I'm always thinking of like the stars because that's 
you know, they kind of go hand in hand. And uh, you were mentioning astrology. Oh, yes. Yeah. In Majora's Let's talk, let's talk Mask. the astrology. Yeah. I, yeah do you want to do, do you want to do a Majora's Mask first? Yeah. Whichever. Like I said, you, you're, you're driving. I'm, I'm, okay. yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, let's actually drive into the, the Legend of Zelda. Okay. So uh, I'll pull up that first. chart. Which, by the way, Dugsley Mind of a Mastermind created these beautiful um, astrology charts for the games. Um, I'm going to make sure <laughs> yeah. this is... Okay, that's my I'm a visual learner, so yeah. I, I felt like I had to do this. I love um, this so much. Uh, this is the Legend of Zelda's birth chart. This is this is the, the date that the first game came out. And I would like to think that like with every birth chart and for those who are just listening in and who are like, what, what astrology, huh? I, I assume most of us here are kind of familiar with it just being a member and a participant of Nibbly Stream. Uh, but I, I really wanted to talk a little bit about just the adventure of what a birth chart is and specifically with the scope of Zelda. Um, and I, I wanted to keep it kind of simple. <laughs> I know a lot is happening here for those who may not be familiar. And for those who are listening on, on podcast po- platforms, I'm going to do my best to sort of illustrate what's happening with my my words. So uh, <laughs> not I'll be sure to <laughs> I'll be sure to include it in the uh, post that goes with the, the podcast. I've included both birth charts on my website at nimbly.card. Dot co that's nimbly.carrd.co slash hashtag d-o-o-g-s-l-e-y you'll also find the link to this website in the description for today's episode if you like to follow along visually also at the very end of today's episode there will be a special discount for listeners of ethereal femme for dukesley's brand new zelda themed tarot reading be sure to listen through the end. So uh, for those who are unaware and who have never seen a birth chart, this is it. Uh, it's a giant circle that looks like a giant pizza pie uh, separated into 12 little pizza slices and uh, woven throughout. There are a bunch of planets and asteroids and, and just, in my opinion, what are important sort of aspects of of what makes you, you. Uh, I, I, this, this is the this, this star story of Legend of Zelda. So this is the chart of the first game's release, which was in, on February 28th, 1986, which is wild. We're coming up, what, to its 40th anniversary in a few years? Am I doing the math right? That's a long, that's a long ass time of Zelda. Uh, so poggers. I love that. Um, <laughs> um, so the biggest and most important parts of the chart, in my opinion, is something that is called the big three, uh, which is consisted of the sun sign, the moon sign and your rising sign or your ascendant. Uh, and so I decided to mo- I, I want to mostly focus on those for this this little chart reading. Uh, so for those who are listening, um, Zelda, just in general. The, the the birth chart of Zelda, the, it's a sun in Pisces, which is amazing. Pisces is such a sensitive alien sign, little uh, uh, mutable, watery creature who uh, is, is so mystical and otherworldly and very heady. It's a very heady sign, right? So to have the sun sign, and the sun sign, when people ask, what's your sign? And they respond with their sign, they're, they're talking about their sun sign, right? So that's the, it's your identity, it's your essence, it's this, this 
light that we all own and that we all foster and care for. It's our soul's uh, speaking point, <laughs> I suppose. Um, and to have that in in this in Pisces and in the fifth house, so that's the fifth pizza slice, right? And the fifth house is representative of fun. This is the house of fun. So even having the so D Zelda was destined to be an enjoyable video game experience, truly, but also one that's meant to sort of get you into this headspace and 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 a, a state of mind that allows you to sort of expand beyond our regular expectations of gaming, which I think is really showcased in this podcast here. Us being able to discuss and pontificate upon so much lore so much uh <laughs> like like the, the the possibilities are endless and i think that's truly the pisces way um is this this amalgus intangible sort of allowing ourselves to flow through zelda um and then we got a cancer moon so we get another water sign poggers uh and that's going to be in the ninth house, the ninth pizza slice. And and the ninth house is all about... There we are. Yes, the pointing. I love it. Uh, <laughs> that is the house of... Uh, <laughs> so good. Uh, that's the house of expansion. How we, we allow ourselves to... to uh, grow outwards. This is the house of uh, very mundanely. This is the house of like upper education and and long term travel and 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 going to far away places and also spirituality and stuff. And I think that's very delicately woven throughout Zelda as well. Is is a lot of different belief systems. Uh, in the previous podcast we just listened to with Sailor Otome, um, it, it, it like there's such. Uh, a, there's so many discussions upon the interpersonal races in Zelda and how they all sort of interweave together and of course like the trials and tribulations that come with that and I think that's very representative of ninth house activities right and then the, the moon is there right so the moon that is the place that that's that's one of our two luminaries with the sun and the moon a lot of people say in astrology okay when you first meet someone you tend to meet their ascendant and their sun but when you get to really know someone you get in touch with their moon this is their inner world, their inner workings, right? Their emotions, the way they feel and 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 uh, emote through life. And to have such a, I mean, cancer, cancer moon. I mean, that's ooey gooey, right? That's lots of tears, lots of feelings, lots of emotions. Um, stereotypically, cancer is the crybaby of astrology. Shout out to cancers. Uh, <laughs> shout out to water signs in general. This is a very water sign chart. Uh, honestly, uh, and, um, yeah, and I think having sort of that Cancer Ninth House, uh, dance that's going on there, this, it, it invokes a lot of emotions and it, it's done so, so subtly too. Uh, that's a word I use often with Zelda, uh, while the gameplay is very straightforward, you swing the sword, you throw the bomb, uh, which is fun. So that's fifth house, right? That Those are the fun parts. The, the intricately woven storytelling, I think, is where it's sort of hidden underneath in the ninth house, uh, allowing us to sort of expand our minds and see and create uh, uh, pieces of the puzzle, kind of like that meme picture with the person slapping the wall from like always sunny <laughs> um uh, uh like with all those the the wires sort of connecting to each other um and oh i just saw in chat someone mentioned tears of the kingdom i mean that's that's that phrase in general is so <laughs> 
cancer in the ninth house. So funny. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then there's the final part that I want to kind of talk about with Zelda in general, which is the Scorpio rising, which is always in the first house uh, and the first house and your ascendant. It is you like capital Y you it's who you are. It's it's this natural uh, essence that you just outpour into the world without even trying. I think this is where a lot of people's appearances lie. I feel like in my opinion, uh, the, the first house is the most important part of the chart because it connects. It, it, the first house is woven throughout the rest of the chart because you are you and everyone, even if you met someone with the same exact chart as you, born at the same time as you, it's it's this essence that cannot be captured unless through you and your experiences. And and, and it, it's, it's so, so specific to who you are. Uh, and to have that in Scorpio, once again, you're the third water sign. So once again, very watery, which in astrology and in tarot, water represents our fifis, our feelings, our, our emotions, this, this really soft, like uh, uh, dreamy part of ourselves that's in uh, that, that, that kind of flows through our hands, right? It's really hard to cup it. It is tangible, but so the, the, the feelings are valid, but sometimes it's, uh, you could think of the small um, light stream versus a giant billowing waterfall. It can expand and reach new heights and, and at the same time be very soft and sullen, right? Uh, and Scorpio, I think Scorpio is one of the <laughs> most uh, of like memed on signs <laughs> because uh, they, they hold such a stereotype of being this similar, it's similar to cancer, right? Where they have this very hardened exterior, but this really soft, ooey gooey exterior, interior, my bad. And, and to have this sort of being the overall essence of Zelda is awesome. Uh, and I think so apt. Um, and like, I want to I, I want to ask nimbly, like, what what do you think of, of Scorpio sort of resonating throughout all of Zelda? Do you think that that's relevant as someone else who's familiar with astrology? A hundred percent, especially when I think about Scorpio energy, it's Martian and Plutonian, right? Mm -hmm. So we have and maybe you'll go into that more, but very much given Scorpio energy. Every Zelda game is heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, it is. And and I mean, I think about Martian and Pluto energy and at the heart of so many things in the game is this essence of war, right? Uh, and, and of strife and conflict, which are all things that both of those planets encompass and discuss and, and talk about. Um, it's and, and I think that Scorpio also... It, Scorpio runs deep, 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 deep. Of course, every every sign has its own deep inner world, but I think Scorpio really <laughs> makes that the strongest uh, uh, of of all the signs. Like it, it really drives that home the most. Where it it's it's deeply on the the journey of making sense of the madness, right? And uh, tr just trying to dig deep and and have it all make sense, which I think really aligns with the overarching tale mythos of Legend of Zelda, where people are still piecing together the pieces. Hell, even the creators are like, I don't know. 
like here's like a timeline, I guess, but it's we're we're gonna change it. Things are gonna happen. Uh, like don't get married to any of these ideas, right? It's this very be open to the flow of it, and I think that that's the main feature of like this very watery chart, right? Uh, is is being able to sort of be open to all these possibilities in Zelda uh, and be open to it constantly evolving, changing, flowing in and out of itself, uh, not making sense. Cause I, I do think there's like this sort of, um, you don't know, you don't know where you're going. Like, uh, <laughs> um, Willy Wonka esque where we're on the boat, uh, going through Hyrule, going through its many different, uh, transformations, uh, there's no earthly way of knowing. Like we, we we are just on this journey with with Alnuma, with all the brilliant minds behind Zelda, and it's I'm here for the ride. I'm I'm on the boat too. We're all on the boat. We're <laughs> it's hard to escape the boat once you jump on. Uh, but that's that's my I think that's the major brain dump. I wanted to talk about Zelda, and yeah, if for those who are like more familiar with astrology, you're gonna see um, both Venus and Mercury also in Pisces. So once again, this very um, eclectic storytelling. Yeah, it follows that that hero's journey uh, uh, consistency. But I think that the way that they tell the story, and, and it's mostly anchored in fun. It wants to be fun, most of all. And I think it does a great job at delivering this solid, thoughtful adventure while also being very tender. And uh, who doesn't love to throw and swing swords and throw bombs and uh, roll into walls? It also feels chaotic to me, too, when I think about it. Thinking about all this watery energy and then Scorpio's rolling over it because we have these two soft baby signs right with Pisces and Cancer and there's like a Pisces stellium in this fun fiery Leo house and then the Scorpio writes and it's like what if we just destroyed everything over and over again while we're trying to figure out who and what we are like that's yeah. so Zelda it is and, and there's also like a nice healthy like second house here and in, in Sagittarius right we got uh, Saturn and Mars um, and and I believe that's Uranus there. All the glyphs always look different on every platform. I think that's Uranus. And I, I think that it, it, even having like a stellium there, a stellium and Sagittarius, a stellium and Pisces, of course, this is about adventure. Uh, <laughs> it only makes sense uh, that this is a, an adventure story first and foremost. And as soon as they lose that sense of adventure, uh, the, the the series is going to fall apart. But I mean, it's the legend of Zelda. That's going to be impossible. It's 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 written. It's deeply woven into the the entire experience of Zelda, right from beginning to end. And it, it's. It's the best. And we can even look at the Chiron and the, the eighth house and Gemini um, sort of being this this unhealable wound in the chart. Yeah, right there. Uh, Chiron's the one that looks like a key. Right. Uh, and I think that's very fitting as well for what Chiron represents. It ends up being sort of the key to unlocking the, the possibilities in someone's chart. And I think that in the scope of Zelda in itself, having uh, Chiron in Gemini, in the the eighth house, the eighth house is the the house of, um, gosh, 
things that we give away to others. It's 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 the releasing of of our control. It's it's a really complicated house, and I think that um, I think that maybe the, the fear is becoming too overcomplicated. Which of course none of us will mind. Uh, we 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 want to be overcomplicated. We want to have a lot of lore sort of to absorb and and pontificate and and sort of trudge through, right? But uh, I think that even even Alnuma. Was like, listen, like this is uh, this is just as confusing for you as it is for us. <laughs> like we're we're all on this together. All we want to do is create fun, engaging stories in this interesting world with these interesting characters and these interesting mythos. And and by God, you're gonna love it, and you're gonna give us seventy dollars for the new game. Uh, like, and you're just. You're, you're, you're here forever, right? <laughs> the material girl that is having a fifth house stellium, just like, you want to have fun? You better pay up. I'm luxurious. <laughs> Literally. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's all I really have to say on this chart. Uh, I think that all these things ring so true throughout Zelda. And um, But now I want to kind of bring it in since we're talking so much about Majora's Mask. I want to talk about Majora's Mask's chart in particular. You're going to see some similarities. You're going to see some differences. And I, I, I was surprised upon looking at this chart, just knowing what I know, of course, about Majora's Mask. Um, oh, my God. I didn't look at this, but I'm excited to hear you talk about this one. OK, cool. Uh, so this is exciting, too. So once again, we got a fifth house moon or sun. So that's pretty cool. Still sticking with the let's have fun sort of mindset. But this time it's in Taurus, which really surprised me. I wasn't expecting so much Taurus activity. And if you see, uh, for those who don't see, there is a stellium in Taurus, too. Uh, yeah, I, I found this chart very interesting. It, there's there's Jupiter and Saturn and Mars there. Uh, really, really engaging part of the chart. And I think that <laughs> I do think that this sort of acknowledges the fact that Majora's Mask was hard as hell like i think that this is one of the hardest zelda games honestly the the time management is a nightmare especially uh in the not 3ds version uh the 3ds version made everything so much more palatable but it, it's huh, like it, it, and i think that's comes with the, the the frustration of the martian energy and the the saturn energy kind of being uh, uh yeah this game's gonna be fun but we expect you to have a notebook next to you, <laughs> meticulously following and, and uh, understanding, okay, I have to be at this house at this time so I can talk to this NPC who will give me this uh, quest item to bring here, blah, blah, blah. I, that's so Mars in the fifth house and, and Saturn in the fifth house. But it's also Jupiter in the fifth house, which is just so like, God, there's so much to explore too, despite being in this little seemingly little world this little town right but everyone knows that all small towns are deeply interwoven <laughs> and and troubled uh and then i look at the moon in aquarius in the second house uh and when i think about like aquarius moons i think it, it, it is i think a confusing moon placement right i think for the average person i i if i were to think about like an aquarius moon this is someone who I think that this is very intricately connected to the way that Link processes the grief throughout the story. As I mentioned earlier, it's it's Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. Saturn's a very serious stern, uh, rules time itself, right? That that planet, and to kind of have 
the moon sitting there, it's this weight that's carried as time moves on and it grows upon itself. And, and with every three-day cycle, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. It's in the second house. That's the house of tangible goods. That's the house of money, the house of uh, just the way that we support our first house, because the second house is under the first house. So it's how we, we support ourselves in our in our endeavors. So there's there's it really connects to the weight that's carried that I, I feel is especially potent and tangible in Majora's Mask. And then it has this one I thought was really interesting and I'd like your insight on, um, which is the Capricorn Rising. Um, once again, I was really surprised by the amount of like Earth that came through in in this Majora's Mask chart. What do you think of, like... I mean, it's another Saturn sign. So that that kind of checks out. This feels like a very Saturnian game. So I have three things to say about this chart. Two oh. two are answering your question, and then one is a question. Yeah. Um, so uh, as a fellow Capricorn Rising, I actually was mm. felt like, no, that checks out. That, that checks out because the game almost has this manic energy to it where it's just like I have a lot to get done in a very short period of time and I, I need I gotta go like mm-hmm. if I don't do this everything's gonna come crashing down and that almost that sense so of so true that sense of control that you almost have to have like oh, wow. um like very like kind of obsessive like uh, I and if I don't get it right I gotta do it all over again because I I'm not gonna be completed I'm not gonna be satisfied until everything goes according to plan even if the plan is totally unreasonable like i think that's that fifth house energy but specifically speaking to the capricorn rising i was like i feel seen (laughs) um and and also in seeing um yeah that that aquarius moon energy like a lot of people that i am very close with have aquarius moons and i think really cool one thing that i've noticed with aquarius moons again a sense of control like this whole chart is giving me like control uh issues like and and the fact that it's uh in the bottom half of the chart which my understanding is that that's focused mostly on the individual it kind of makes sense to me and that's something that's a little bit more big brain astrology for me but um yeah that's relevant you know what i mean like it's it's link is doing all these things to help other people and he's got all these plans and this short deadline but it's really so that he can get the heck out of there and like find his friend and get back to his world is my understanding and he's just like all right i gotta do all this stuff because i can't get out of here until i do it and like i just want to go back to where i'm comfortable and like what the hell is going on like that's that's my first impression when i saw this chart i was just like wow if this were just swapped signs it's an earth and air dominant chart i'm an earth and air dominant person like maybe i should give this game another shot but hopefully that answer your question no yeah uh, wait so are you are you actually are you going to play this game besides just watching it but around halloween yeah is the hope whenever when oh, wow. the veil is then yeah yes I mean, oh gosh, and the and the Fey is real throughout the entire series too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope I answer your question. This this is so cool what you put together, and I really just am enjoying listening to you. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I I know that this could be a lot, a bit overwhelming for people who aren't familiar with with charts. Uh, mostly speaking to I guess your chat, uh, because I know that you you're you've. You, you you you've explored these tunnels <laughs> you you know you know what I'm talking about for the most part uh but like it it's it's very cool it was very cool to sort of sit down and then 
look at these charts and kind of dissect them. I love what you said about control. Absolutely. This is a chart of control. And I think that that it really speaks to the person playing the game, because I think that this is a very divisive game for for individuals who have played it. Um, I think that a lot of people can acknowledge the fact, yeah, the story is great, but my God, the gameplay was God awful. Uh, and and I think that that's what stopped me from enjoying it for a long time. But when I played Majora's Mask, I was so desperate for control and understanding. And I think that's why it clicked so well for me at that time. I think as opposed to other Zelda games where it's really easy to pick up and sort of enter the world and um, Ocarina of Time is so easy to sit down and play. Uh, um most of the main lines are and spirit tracks which is another good game <laughs> I, I i don't know why i get such a bad i heard that game is like full metal alchemist is that right <laughs> yeah i want to check it out i want to check it out oh my god it's so good i'm i'm definitely a spirit tracks apologist i think that it gets a bad rap uh <laughs> um i think that yeah, this this Majora's Mask chart it really illuminates the idea of like if you're looking for a control and you're looking for to make things make sense, this is a great game to sort of fall into for for that time period. And also letting go, it's interesting, right? Because uh, the other side of the coin of control is also the ability to let go. Uh, and yeah, this whole chat or chat. Hi, chat. Uh, this whole chart rings true for that, um, in my opinion. And even looking at the North Node, which is considered sort of like the soul's big guiding journey throughout this lifetime, that portion of the chart, that being in the seventh house. Seven. Okay. I was like, I think it's across from your ascendant, right? Yeah. 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 There we go. Right there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's sort of having this uh, space in the chart where it talks about like, Ultimately, what we learn and what we gain from this game is that even with all the control, as much as we possibly can, we kind of touched upon this already. Um, we have to trust that the people will know what to do next, even though we keep saving them over and over and over again. There's only so much we can do because of that three day cycle. Um, and it's sort of this this. There's a weight that's carried throughout Majora's Mask and a melancholy that's carried throughout it of, my God, are these people going to do it, take care of themselves? Uh, and and if, if I be the hero, Link, if I keep going back in time over and over and over, even if I save Majora's, the, the world from the wrath of Majora, uh, like, will they be able to pick themselves up again? And all all Link can do is just trust in himself and and tattle a little bit and the happy mask salesman a little bit, <laughs> not much though, uh, to sort of guide himself through the journey. It's it's very interesting, uh, and I, I I don't know. This is a very cool chart. Um, and for those who are interested in astrology, I think Nimbly said that these charts will be available to sort of gander at in your own time and. Uh, follow along with uh elsewhere so and you also that's, that's offer kind of astrology i do yeah yes. this is something i deeply enjoy i mostly i mostly dabble in tarot i i love tarot i've been reading tarot for like 12 years now i'm i'm more of a recent astrology uh reader so i i'm i but i love it it's awesome it's a language i'm speaking to and with your stars it's awesome but i i offer all types of readings in, in that world on phazy.love. It's F-A-E-Z-I dot love uh, is my website. 
and it's amazing. It's so rewarding <laughs> what I'm able to do uh, and what I'm able to interpret from, I don't know, a, a little pizza pie. <laughs> yeah. And and you um, mentioned to a journey. I think earlier in our conversation, you mentioned a fool's journey. And I've been uh, clutching my tarot deck very eagerly yeah. in my hands so I can pull out my my fool that's one of my favorite cards in tarot and i'm so excited to hear you talk about it yeah favorite card for sure i'm such a good 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 little guy but um i'll let you i'll let you continue while i I search for him yeah go for it um the fool i mean it's it's a myth as old as time right the fool's journey the hero's journey uh we see it over and over and over again i look at lord of the rings i look at the hobbit i look at um all you can even look at dark souls you can look at you it, it, it's it follows the there's a person they go on a journey trials tribulations wisdom strength courage the triforce uh and they they withstand a lot are victorious ultimately and then go home a changed person uh that's the fool's journey and then it keeps happening over and over and over again we as humans go on full full journeys over and over and over again sometimes we get a little stuck at certain checkpoints sometimes some of us might be stuck at the hermit phase sometimes we might be stuck at the moon phase uh maybe the high priestess just really baffles us right Um, okay hold on i just pulled both of those up right now i'm gonna set those aside to think about later i'm so sorry continue (laughs) that's good (laughs) no this is good and and so so I was kind of brainstorming last night because something I think anyone who reads tarot uh, ends up uh, the the connection between tarot and Zelda is pretty thick. I feel uh, because uh, the story and journey of Link is the fool's journey, surely. Uh, and of course, fool is not like a, it's not derogatory. It's just someone who doesn't know, someone who is young in the eyes of the universe someone who is inexperienced and as you know link usually just starts with a sword and a dream and a mission and slowly throughout time uh gains more and more i love that deck uh that that nimbly showing the can you share the name of it i forget oh this is uh ethereal visions yes yes so good so indeed ethereal (laughs) And shiny and gold. Yeah. I love it. A little lad. Yeah, with a little with a little uh dog, aka Navi, aka Tattle, right? Um with, with uh, as their guide, right? And and you know, I, I was thinking in the scope of Majora's Mask in particular, but of course we can expand that and talk about tarot just as Zelda as a whole. And I think that the fool could really be Link or Skull Kid. Because I feel like that they're both sort of going on their own fool's journeys at the same time throughout the, the throughout Majora's Mask, right? Um, and yeah, we didn't even talk about Skull Kid's backstory, which is tragic and sad. Would you like to? I'd love to hear what you think. Sure. It's just, it, it's sad, right? Like, because Skull Kid, uh, the, the whole thing is Skull Kid used to be friends with the giants um, those big, silly, big-nosed guys who are all legs. Why he's so leg? That's me when I see them. And he, he, they're, they're besties, all, all five of them hanging out every day. And then one day the giants are like, peace. 
we got we got giant shit to do. We got god shit to do because uh, we're the gods of Termina. Um, and Skull Kid's Rose is flabbergasted uh, and starts to act out and starts to be a little mischievous little imp um, as as he is. Not that he ever wasn't, but now it's more so. <laughs> now now he's acting out of resentment, anger, frustration, loneliness, etc. And uh, I, uh, very early on in the game, I'm sure, you, yeah, you definitely saw this cutscene. It's where uh, uh, he's like crying in the in the log, you know, just sad uh, during a rainstorm. It's very peaceful. Uh, and Tattle and Tail show up. Two Fey, two Fey and an imp. What? <laughs> that is a a a mess. Uh, so of course the these two Fey end up being like, yeah, we'll be your besties now. And um, God, they they get up to no good. And these so these two Fey are like enabling Skull Kid, allowing him to steal shit and and do nonsense. And uh, eventually one day Skull Kid goes a little too far, ends up robbing the Happy Mask salesman uh, of Majora's Mask, which is just. A little too tempting, you know, as as evil mementos go, uh, as if it was made for him, right? And uh, <laughs> dons the mask, gets possessed, as one does when you put on a mask, and it it all goes kind of downhill from there, unfortunately. And Majora's mask is actively feeding on the resentment, the anger, the loneliness of Skull Kid. That's why Skull Kid was such a awesome host, because uh, he was feeling really pissy about all of this uh, and and about the giants leaving in particular. So Majora's mask takes advantage of this and and is like, okay, well, let's lock up the giants. Let's... <laughs> and, and it's kind of interesting, too, because you look at, like, Ganondorf, you look at um, Majora, and, like, Ganon wants the Triforce, but Majora just wants to, like, destroy everything. Like, it, <laughs> it's just... I want everything to be gone. Like, real evil shit. Uh, this is this is not like, a regular evil. This is, like, this isn't, like, a complicated, like, intricate, like, I'm going to go and from the, the end... Like, no, I'm literally going to bring the moon down and destroy everything. Thoughts? Uh, and <laughs> it's, it, it runs a bit deeper than, uh, I think, what Ganon is on pursuit of, which is power. It, this is a different type of power, right? And... I think that it's just it's, it's very interesting that and we met we met Skull Kid in Ocarina of Time uh, as well this mischievous playful uh, youthful figure maybe a mirror to Link in some ways maybe uh, both both in their youth both trying to enjoy life of course Link already having quite a weight put upon their shoulders and meanwhile the Skull Kid is being able to just like live merrily and do what he does best, which is be silly, learn songs, hang out in the lost woods, which of course is Fey central. Uh, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, like it, it's just a liminal space. In every Zelda game, it's amazing. Uh, I would totally live there, <laughs> play with the Fey all day. And that's why I think that Skull Kid and Link could both be the fool in their own rights, right? Uh, for different reasons. Uh, I, I'm more inclined to think that Link is more so the chariot. This this being of forward momentum, this light, this... Uh, Doosley, that was the next card on the bottom of my deck. I'm not even, I'm not even joking. I was so prepared to sift through. Okay, anyway, sorry, continue. I love it. No, yes, beautiful. 
the chariot. It's this, it's, it, despite all odds, uh, because we see like the two sphinxes on the chariot card sort of facing different directions, right? Despite all odds, it's this courageous forward momentum. Like, I'm on a mission, baby. Like, that's that's the essence of Link, I think, through and through. Right. Uh, I think some other cards that I like to think about and, and associations with them. Uh, yeah, that could honestly, it, it's it's hard. It's hard to think about like the fool, the chariot, uh, because especially because the chariot, we talked about cancer. The chariot's ruled by cancer and cancer rules the heart. So it's this heart centeredness that Link is so good at, too. Not being swayed, not being convinced otherwise right that i think is really strong with the chariot a foolish chariot someone said perhaps so uh but but of, of course i think link is also just like wise beyond his years <laughs> uh but the fool doesn't necessarily equate to uh like it's not ignorance right it's no. just it's just uh, it can be yeah <laughs> but but I, I i don't think so uh for at least for link's sake um what about what do you think of um what what do you think of the high priestess like w- w- because my my of course my gut feeling goes to zelda well that was another card that i pulled earlier but i got her Back, that's, I'm getting yelled at right now by my deck for some reason, but yeah, I had her earlier. What do I think about her? I, I, I'm more of an empress enjoyer personally, but I have a lot of respect for for her, especially um, seeing her as 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 Zelda, like a sense of duty. Zelda would be the high priestess or the the empress. I think she'd be more like the high priestess because I, I feel like she still hasn't fully tapped into her ultimate potential because she's afraid of it in a way. And I feel like mm-hmm. the Empress is just, uh, I don't want to like dox a reading that I got from you, but just <laughs> the HBIC, right? You know, um, <laughs> I don't think Zelda's quite there yet. No, no, I, I agree with that. And and we, we kind of touched upon how Zelda had a side eyeing multiple times throughout uh, Breath of the Wild, which I think is relevant. I think that Zelda's despite being full of like like capital K knowing a lot. I think that uh, she has a lot of earthly duties to sort of sort through, which I think is such an a high priestess journey of like sort of being able to travel through that liminal space between the knowing and the tangible, right? And and that that's a tough one to to traverse. And I actually couldn't come up with anyone as the Empress. Uh, there's so many characters. Uh, like someone who is maybe the Great Fairies could be an Empress figure, this guiding light, but I don't know. Does any come to your mind? Uh, it's tough, right? It is tough. Like my my gut is telling me like like maybe Fodori, but I, I see like kind of that almost matronly energy from her and I equate that with like Empress energy, but I'm still very much learning how I connect with like my deck. Like you your your brain for tarot is so much larger than mine that I Oh no. I'm like self inserting in 
<laughs> a lot of this, but yeah, I think maybe the goddesses, like I see the great fairies as being yeah. a little mischievous, so I don't know. Um, I don't know where no, I would place that's them. That's true too. Yeah, there there is like a bit of mischievousness to the great fairies. I I, I fucking love the great fairies. <laughs> Same. They're such an important part of the story, right? Like this very guiding, like almost like treasure cat like force where they're they're constantly guiding Link and giving more answers to riddles throughout the whole story, right? Uh, there's there's actually multiple treasure cats I think throughout all of Zelda. I think of like Kapora, Gabora, and. Uh, <laughs> All the many uh, hint givers throughout the story. I feel like even Cass to an extent. But... Ooh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Ooh, where would Cass sit? That's an interesting one. Maybe like the hanged person where they're, they're still and uh, the, also a source of knowing, but ends up being this more like anchoring force of like, they've done the journey, they lived the life. And uh, Cass is a great choice, though. Yeah. 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 Yeah, usually known as the hanged man, but we're going to stick with the hanged person. I like that, hanged actually. Being. Yeah, the hanged yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, just a little more gender nooch, as we say. We love it. And, <laughs> um, and I was thinking, like, uh, I was thinking also for, like, the lovers. I kind of like the, br- the, the siblings of Tattle and Tail sort of uh, illuminating this journey of, like, literally one went in one direction with Skull Kid, the other one stayed with Link, and I think that the lovers, in essence, is all about choices. Uh, Less so about love, uh, in my opinion. I think that the Two of Cups is more about love, uh, when the the lovers, or in this case, the siblings, are more so about, like, are you going to choose uh, like, love or fear? Yeah. Over and over. Um, I see in chat, um, who would be the magician, the mask seller? Yeah, I put the happy mask salesman as the magician. I also put the happy mask salesman as the world. So card one and card 21, uh, because I think that the happy mask salesman has such an interesting part of the story where he really is only relevant at the very beginning and at the very end, uh, but yet was the quest giver, essentially. Uh and and but has somehow was able to sort of mindfully m- m- like marionette the story <laughs> uh, from the sidelines, right? Uh, and the world is like the last card in the major arcana, where it sort of is this culmination of uh, everything that was learned so far, and uh, the the card before it, judgment. So you haven't gotten to this part yet of. Majora's Mask, but I'll say that I, I I really liked the connection I made with Judgment, too, and Judgment in Tarot is generally a... Uh, I think of Judgment Day, uh, biblically, right, where we are face-to-face with the choices we've made and um, deciding on what to do next, and it's a very much a very, very inward, critical assessment of the journey so far. Um, and I think that the moon children in the field, which you'll understand when you get to that part nimbly. Uh, there's a bunch of moon children running around on this beautiful field with one giant tree uh, in the middle. And I think that the the connect the discussions that are had there are very judgment. Um, I wrote down for the sun, I wrote down Romani or, or Malin, uh, depending upon, I think that her sort of riding in on a Pona evokes such a- She's got red hair in my deck. 
Oh my god, perfect. That's so cute. Uh, and oh, of course the moon. I mean, well, the moon, right? <laughs> it's quite literally there. And and also uh, another maybe spoiler that I won't expand too much upon for, for Nimbly's sake, but also Fierce Deity Link is very moon-like, which, oh gosh, I, I'm excited for you to get to that part because that is a whole bucket of lore to dissect is Fierce Deity Link. I don't know how familiar you are. I've never heard that term before. I'm excited Ooh. to see it on that. I, 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 found, I finally found the world. Oh, it took yeah, me a yeah, second. Yeah. And the moon, that's one of my favorite cards. The moon is great. The yeah. moon, of course, it, 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 it's reflective of, of astrology moon, right? It's that inner world. Uh, that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful card, the moon. Uh, and then I have the world. There's Titi in my deck. I'm sorry, friends, if you don't want to. <laughs> I love this. This yeah. is beautiful. Uh, I also see in chat, is it two on the nose to say Termina itself is Wheel of Fortune? Uh, no, I don't think so. I actually wrote down for Wheel of Fortune, I wrote down the Song of Time. And it Ooh, so. I love uh, that. Yeah, like it's it's what creates the wheel to turn over and over and over again. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the the tower being the clock tower, I think, is very relevant. I mean, the moon literally tries to bring down the, the clock tower. Uh, I was also thinking the devil representing Majora's mask. It's yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. Or maybe just Majora in particular. Uh, this this evil deity. Which is ruled is Capricorn's ruler, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Connections. Yeah. True, true, true. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> just thinking of that like ultimate power and control and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. burning everything down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's wild, right? And and the Emperor. So we talked a little bit about the Empress, but I think like, so I think this is going to change from game to game too, because of just the different casts that show up. I think in general, the Emperor is Ganon. Uh, like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like just this figure of power and this figure of uh, control and and um, this fiery uh, igni- ignition of 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 no, just just yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that! That's a that's a great emperor uh, with the cane and stuff. That's awesome. Uh, but I think for this game, I wrote down the emperors are the giants, so the emperors <laughs> sort of. Uh, and I think I think that's like two sides of the same coin. Of mm. I think that one can turn into a Ganon, or one can be a protector like the giants. Um, and I, I think both are, are capable. Uh, and yeah, I wrote down some other stuff like uh, strength, maybe Goron Link, Darmani, Darmani. That was such a silly part. It was so silly. I loved it so much. <laughs> that was so good. The voice acting for that iconic uh, Darmani. <laughs> <What> a- <laughs> no one asked for it, but everyone wanted it. Everyone. Uh, <laughs> Justice. Um, I actually wrote down Deku Link, uh, and the reason why is it's. A, I think this is very on the the nose, in my opinion. Uh, so I think, <laughs> um, and this is like a theory, but it's kind of loosely confirmed, maybe sort of. Um, so remember the the butler, the Deku butler. Yeah. It was like, oh man, my son died 
rip. And everyone went, aww. So uh, the theory is that, first of all, the mask that Link is wearing is of that Deku. Uh, but I also think that that right at the be- right at the beginning of the game, even before he tumbles down into Wonderland, uh, he it comes face to face to a very sad, solemn corpse of a Deku. Mm. Uh, a lot of people make the connection. Oh, that's the Butler's kid, <gasps> right? Oh, uh, yeah. And there and 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 there is a scene that. I, I believe acknowledges that in, in, in end game. Uh I won't I won't go too much further. Yeah. But it's it's worth mentioning. And I think that justice is sort of, you know, the the link being able to deku it up and uh create and I also think that just like the the, the deku storyline in general throughout uh Majora's Mask, where literally Link has to get justice for that little monkey. Monkey. Uh, monkey. Little monkey boy. Yeah, monkey. <laughs> that little Winton. Uh, and I, I also wrote down, so this, and this is me projecting. I wrote down death as the Zora link, Mikau, because I think that's like the, one of the saddest scenes in the game. And I think that the way that that death was sort of played out in the game was so like. It's heartbreaking. It was really yeah. sad. Um, oh God, what a good game. I also, oh, I also like this connection. <laughs> I'm, I'm patting myself on the back right now. As you should. Um, I, I wrote down for Temperance. So Temperance is a card, uh, a really interesting her. card. Uh, Temperance is great, and this is a character that I don't think is really discussed a mu- that much in the, um, the playthrough that you're watching right now. But um, and a really important part of the gameplay in Majora's Mask is. Every time when Link goes back in time, he loses all his shit. He loses all of his items, except for the items that he leaves with the banker. And and the the the, the oh really that he leaves with the yes. And so I kind of like seeing the banker as this temperance card, this consistent person that allows and encourages Link to continue on in the journey, in the story, well-prepared, well, uh, uh, taken care of. (laughs) And I think that's such a temperance, like, light and magic. And they're in Ocarina also, aren't they? I believe so, yeah, if, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. And, I don't know, Majora's Mask is such a magical place but yeah i think that's like most of like the things i kind of oh yeah the hermit i wrote down the cuckoo man grog is his name the guy with the cool mohawk he goes i was like i I just i love him i want him to be a major arcana uh thank you yeah but uh no that's that's my brain dump honestly uh what what do you think about anything all of this (laughs) I think that we need to get a, a Dukesley Zelda tarot deck. Oh, that'd be great. I think I think that that has to happen in some capacity, even if it's just you expanding further on everything that you said, because it's got my mind really running with how those, those themes with each of those characters like can apply to future ways that I use this deck. And because like I do think that there's like a spiritual tie 
um, to the Zelda series because it's so there's so much theology embedded into the series, right? Like, um, like it almost I think that's why people can relate to certain characters and maybe they're just unknowingly connecting to that more spiritual side of themselves like even if they're not particularly religious mm-hmm. but um and 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 that's kind of like the magic of myth right and that's why that the, these stories are so important is that the reason why cultures keep telling the same stories over and over and even if we look way back when like one culture over here had a story about um, a, a hero and meanwhile at the same exact time this culture over here had a story about a hero it it connects to us deeply to see this chosen one fight and and survive and thrive and connect and love love themselves find love in others find love in living it's it's super consciousness right we're all it's this holistic feeling myth brings us together uh, storytelling brings us together and that's why zelda is so special because it takes these very troped up <laughs> commonly discussed storytelling tidbits and creates it into something modernized something easy to connect to link as so many link is androgynous and uh silent so you could put your own voice in their head um and and create this story it's one of the best stories ever told for sure and it's told in in a way that like overall where it's it's like shrouded in mystery like even going back to what you mentioned with the birth chart when i saw the gemini chiron and then thinking about gemini being ruled by mercury and thinking about chiron being like the wounded part of ourselves that we never fully heal from but it's more meant to be like this is a part of ourselves that we need to be very gentle with and like if that's the communication and what it being in the eighth house being what we give to other people maybe zelda is and this is a a huge reach but that's okay i'm talking to a fellow fae that's also a gemini and and very much in that space but i'm here it's almost like zelda the zelda series is challenging us to relinquish that need for clarity around things that exist you know because gemini i feel like people equate that a lot to like piscean energy being kind of like of the ether but gemini is that way too it's just we never shut up so people don't see that side of us right you know it's just like yeah we're just like chatterboxes but really it's because our mind is like off in that space and and the zelda series is challenging us to just experience the story and you're gonna get some information you're gonna get some details events are going to happen but really it's about the the journey there not the final destination and um the healing that will come from that is just taking it all in um not thinking too much about it don't don't be so serious about it <laughs> um the, the, you have the fun when you play the game uh but then you get to rest your head at night and have all of these beautiful storytelling symbols sort of roll around in your head the triforce the 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 great fairies the the world of hyrule in and of itself what does it all mean and i think that that's the beauty that uh the zelda series can really uh, inject into our mind and the freedom of it and in fact the the uh it, it definitely helps when the creator themselves is like um go wild you know this is this is meant to be a creation for everyone for everyone to to absorb and uh, meld and mold around in their mind right it's pretty cool 
And then we're going to get like a fusion sandbox world in Tears of the Kingdom. So they're doubling down on that even more and and thinking about like everything that you said with like the fool's journey. I'm like, how are we going to continue that in this in this new space? Like, are you are there any parts of Tears of the Kingdom that uh, have you feeling excited? Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, this is a long time coming. I uh, gameplay wise, it looks fun as hell. Uh, but I also think uh, storytelling wise, I need to understand more about Zelda um, and her placement in this world because she really bothered me in Breath of the Wild. And I want to see her reclaim some power. I want to see her reclaim some um, authority in the way that she's she's walking through. You should, once again, 100% watch um, what are they called? The, the Hyrule Warrior games. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. There is a lot of amazing lore that is discussed there, specifically um, with the the one that fell, followed up Breath of the Wild. Um, Was it Age of Calamity? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely absorb Age of Calamity before Tears of the Kingdom comes out. There are a lot of loose ends that get tied up and a lot of more question marks that come up, which is always wonderful. For you know, that's my favorite punctuation is the question marks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I, I really this is just what's going to happen. I'm just going to have to bring everyone back for a part two because I'm I just I, I can't get enough of, of talking with you yeah. about this and hearing all your thoughts. I, I likewise. And I know I just threw a whole bunch at you and I would love for you to sort of dissect this. And, and I'd love to talk to you again with with you sort of. uh, uh I want to hear more of what you think as well. I know I kind of took the stage for a while. Well, but. That's what I wanted you to do. I Like I said, I could listen to you talk for at least seven hours. That's been my cap so far. So, yeah, no, you're, <laughs> I love the way that your mind like works and the way that you uh, communicate is always so beautiful and and just like gilded with like magic and 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 just it's silly. Like you, you don't take things too seriously, even even. And what I mean by that is that you're able to maintain like the essence of who you are, which is you're a fairy, you know, and even when you're talking about grief and processing like difficulties with identity or feeling isolated, like you're still able to maintain that sense of like dukes you know what i mean like i i don't, I don't know and i, I love and appreciate yeah, no. so much uh, i'm right there with yeah. you thank you for seeing my light and i yeah. see yours too thank you for creating such a space safe amazing comfortable whimsical space for us to have these types of conversations that uh delve into the beautiful nine house moon world of the legend of zelda as a whole i think that there's so much magic to behold both literally and maybe esoterically that can uh be conjured from this amazing little series uh and i'm glad to be a part of this discussion with you and with everyone in chat chat was awesome tonight hi chat and i think that i i, I would love to come back and i know you mentioned pokemon Yes. Now that's yes. something Pokemon lore. I got a lot mm -hmm. of opinions on mm -hmm. uh, as well. I love Pokemon. And uh, listen, you single-handedly have got me curious about Dark Souls. I've never touched a Dark Souls. Ayo. 
Yeah. So Hold that's on. on my list of, of absorption. You know, I, you know, we're going to have a from soft season of ethereal wow. film and a Pokemon season. So, so I guess we're going to be, we're going to be talking to each other a whole lot. Fantastic. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. I, I will. Don't even get me started. I, I was like feeling a little bit like lost in the sauce for a second. As soon as you said Dark Souls, I'm like, I'm awake. I'm up. <laughs> I'm wide awake, Katy Perry. Um, wide awake. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man. Um, yeah. I okay. I gotta say. I gotta stay focused. I gotta. I gotta still be in my host mode here. Um, I would. Silly. I would. Well, can we really be too silly? Is that is that no. possible? We're, no. we're Gemini's. It's we're Gemini's. Possible. We're just. We're little hee hee haha incarnate. Yeah, we go you know? hee hee haha. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but but dude, seriously, like I, I'm so grateful that you reached out uh to want to do this and then brought all of this uh astrological and tarot and just highly in Zelda core knowledge uh to not just me but to all of our listeners. Like I don't think that I've ever seen uh, anyone talk about tarot and astrology in Zelda so this is like a, a gift that you've brought and maybe someone has but no, nothing like you so I am really excited um, that we were able to do this together and uh, I'm sure everyone else that picks up on this will um, can you tell us again uh, just like a little outro intro for yourself and where we can find you and what you what you do on the internet Absolutely. Uh, once again, my name is Dukesley. Thank you for having me. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitch uh, with Dukesley, D-O-O-G-S-L-E-Y, for those who are listening. Uh, I stream tarot. I stream, I'm going to be streaming astrology pretty soon. I'm working up my courage to sort of do this live. These these moments help a lot. <laughs> Um, I stream coloring book streams and jigsaw puzzle streams and, and I love indie games and, and, uh, Splatoon. Oh, that's another, oh, listen, that's another great game. Hey, we splatting? Oh, I'm always splatting. Uh, IRL off. It's, 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 the, the splat is real. Uh, and I also have Twitter at the same handle, Dukesley. Uh, it's nothing special, but I think that if you really appreciated and enjoyed my discussion on astrology and tarot, I do offer readings on both. Uh, and my website is called phasey.love. So that's F-A-E-Z-I dot love. And I have been reading tarot for over a decade. I'm hitting about five years of astrology. I am still a student, a humble student, but I, I love to talk about this type of stuff. And it's the world is magical. I believe in making the mundane as magical as we possibly can. So uh, if that resonates with you and you, you, see my light then just know that that's a safe place to go and I'm, I'm slowly curating it to make it sort of like an e-garden of goodness for my art everything 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 Dugsley. <laughs> I also want to add that Dugsley was one of the first people that I felt totally safe with to get a tarot reading from um and I have used the lessons and love that she put into uh, my readings to help get me through the wildness that was the last few years. So um, I really want to double down on um, please uh, if you have the ability to uh, go and check her out because um, she's not only like an amazing creator um, and 
reader, but also just like a really wonderful and beautiful human. Um, well, you're not totally human. You you are of the Fae, but you know, um, just someone that I really, uh, really love and admire and appreciate having in my life and that you put yourself out there like this. So I, I really do hope that you continue um, to like sprinkle your Fae magic on everyone. Cause, well, thank you. Yeah. Likewise to you, fellow Fae. Yeah. We, we got this. We're... we're... We're, we're in arms together to spread a little bit of extra whimsy in this world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But thank you again for chatting with me. Uh, it was kind of cool. I don't know how I'm going to figure this out in post, but when you were talking about um, yourself, the last day song from Adora's Mask played on my playlist. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to interrupt her right now. But I just think that's so cool how this playlist is just just right in sync with everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's magic. Magic. Yeah. In full force. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. Um, once again, thanks for meeting with me. Um, um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Are you going to be continuing Majora's Mask? I think so. I think I'm going to take a little a little break uh, once again. Just I've been feeling a little. I don't know if you feel this, but this Aries season energy has got me like, I don't know. It's weird. I usually vibe with Aries season, but I just feel like after that all that mars and gemini chaos i'm just like can we just get to tourist season so i can take a fucking nap like that's right now i'm just like please this this mars and gemini kicked my ass to the ground i feel it i'm so sick of martian energy i am ready for a nice warm venusian hug yes i am so ready i'm so ready so uh I'm going to treat myself and probably just get a bunch of Epsom salt and some just take like a nice soak uh, tomorrow night. But yeah, full moon magic. right? True. True. Um, (laughs) But yes, um, I hope you have a good rest of your your week if I don't talk to you. But um, yeah, everybody, uh, make sure you check out Dukesley. um, And and yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say goodbye for now. All right. Take care, Nimbly. Goodbye, chat. Thank you for having me. It was a joy. Uh, Let's talk again soon. Yes. Great. Of course. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to our third ever episode of Ethereal Femme, Lorekeeper, the podcast. I'm your host, Nimbly, also known as your high femme comforting friend and Lorekeeper. As mentioned earlier in the episode, Dugsley so graciously offered a special discount for her new Triforce tarot reading on Fazy.love. If you'd like to receive 15% off of a Triforce reading, you will use the code LOREKEEPER15, that's L-O-R-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-1-5 at checkout, and you'll be able to Get some nice magical Hyrulean goddess energy in your life. The discount code lasts, I believe, until July 31st. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I've received an abundance of wisdom and fey knowledge from Dudesley and the tarot readings that I've gotten from her. And I really do think that she's a very special person. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you to her for even offering that to our community and to our listeners. So please, if you have uh, an opportunity to check out her readings and aside from her Triforce readings, all of her other readings are fantastic. So 
whichever one strikes your fancy i'm sure you'll get something beautiful out of it i personally really want to check out the triforce reading because how freaking cool is that that we have zelda darrow that's the coolest thing i've seen all year i think the only thing that's going to be even close to that maybe is playing tears of the kingdom but once again thank you for listening thank you to my patrons that help support the podcast and help me to upgrade my audio equipment and get these episodes out there thank you to all of my guests that dedicate their time to talking with me and thank you mostly to our listeners who put me in your ears or on your speakers um we at this moment I've just passed 200 plays, which I feel very, very proud of. Um, here's some ethereal femme lore. I have been wanting to publish this podcast for almost two years. So the fact that we're now on our third episode and I have a guest list in the future that is just brimming with really amazing creators and fans of the Zelda series, like I cannot speak express my gratitude enough and i really hope that you all continue to enjoy the series um again you can find me across the internet at nimbly.garden i stream on twitch at twitch.tv nimbly and yeah i'll see you on the next episode take care <laughs>